We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This thing on? See, now I'm getting mad. Because it's getting ready to be on. I want my whiskey to fight me a little bit. This is the kind of psychopath that I hang out with. I got beat up outside of a Denny's. The Rockpile Report with Buffalo Bills season ticket holder, Drew Gear. He likes to get in X's nose. Something I can't do with this podcast because I drink too much. Chris Kruger. My rollerblading blonde mohawk producer. The pettiest, hardest drinking Bills podcast. I'm an adult. I know what I'm about. Everybody, to another edition of the Rock Bell Report Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Season Ticket Holder, Drew Gear. That's my producer, Chris Krueger. Got him on the ZZ, Q42 Barbecue here in the studio with us. And guys, I just want to say, I'm looking around the room. This is nice. Everybody has a glass in front of them. Listen, let's raise a toast. We fucking made it, right? We survived... Summertime? We survived draft season. We survived free agency. We made it here. Right? Like, mm-hmm. did, did it ever feel like, and maybe I'm just being crotchety, like a crotchety old man about this, but does it sometimes feel like the NFL season drags? Yes. <laughs> I like how there's no hesitation. Yeah. Yes. What is the worst part of it, Chris? Like, if you think about football, like, I know you, you like, you're a hockey fan. So right now you have a sport that you care very much about that's still being televised. Yeah, I was watching the um, game one of the Leafs and Panthers on Canadian television. I can't watch the American broadcast. I have to connect to my VPN, watch on CBC, and watch the Canadian broadcast so I can get real analysis on the game. Well, Iman's a hockey fan. I like it. I'm more baseball, which I know is controversial in this room. Baseball is highly divisive. Hey, just, just on his end, I'm going to the... Indians and Braves game on July 3rd. You're also going to hell. That doesn't mean I'm jealous of you. Like, don't say it like that. <laughs> like, like that's not much of a brag. Um, no, what I love is that Iman's a hockey fan specifically because of the beta bets. Oh, yeah. I love betting on hockey. <laughs> see, see, he may not know the sport, folks, but he's oh, a de- yeah. he's enough of a degenerate gambler that he's willing to roll a dollar on someone to be an anytime scorer. First Dylan time. Dube. I love the first. I bet on Dylan Dube 
every Calgary Flames game. <laughs> it's the best. I love he he goes, oh, yeah, this guy. I go, who the fuck is that? He goes, I don't know. But every time he hits, it gets me like 20 more bets. That's right. <laughs> 20 more. I never put more than about a dollar down. I just love first-time score or anytime score packages. Now, here's a question. Is it because you like the value, or is it because it gives you a reason to have an extra cocktail and stay up and watch the game? Instant gratification or loss. Ah, okay. So I don't have to sit and wait and like sweat a 4-3 to three score. All I got to <laughs> see is if Tage Thompson scores first or Dylan Dube comes through for me. <laughs> so I like, and I'll straddle it. It's like Dylan Dube first or Dylan Dube anytime, so I can just kind of just keep my eye for that, that DD to show up in the score. Chris? This is what I love. He puts all this thought into the strategy of the gambling. Now, you're a gambler. Yeah, I generally only bet on college football. Okay. So he's got a strategy. What's the, what's your max bet? Me? Yeah. Two. Two. <laughs> Two dollars. Two dollars. He has coin, coined the phrase beta bets. That's right. <laughs> beta bets for the win. A 500 up. <laughs> he is nickel and diming his way to like one really can, expensive steak dinner. Can you trademark that? <laughs> I beta I, bets. I would like to. We should look into cop. Yeah. Hey, listen, assholes! If you're listening to this, if you beat us to the punch, we'll come to your house like Jay and Silent Bob. All right. One of my best wins was next play is get on base by error. Fifty cents. I won seventy one dollars. <laughs> The second baseman botched the ground ball. That's the most absurd thing I've ever heard. And this is where I bet you, DraftKings, uh, what's the other one, FanDuel, these places are probably making a mint because there's a million bored people out there, just like you guys, sitting around going, well, fuck, there's no football on. I don't don't really know or care about the sport, but I'll roll a couple shekels. Yep. And we'll see what happens. And they just clean up. Uh, What are they... What did the dorks in Silicon Valley call it? A microtransactions. <laughs> microtransactions. They're microtransacting their way to a small fortune. That's right. Guys like you keep. Are we not going to get to you? And what, what the fuck you're wearing? Oh, this is your <laughs> fault, dickhead. You, no, let me tell you something. You look like Ariel Castro's attorney. Damn. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to go for used boat salesman, but I'll take that. I will no, you that. look like Ariel Castro's I attorney. went to work and got headshots done today, and this guy starts talking trash. I said, you know what? I'm classy. You want to see how classy? I'm about to do a podcast in a suit coat. Suck it, Chris. Oh, this is all your fault. So this is the thing, though. We're here talking about football in the end of the... The the football off season quote like it's the start of the football off season. Realistically, I mean, there's still football topics to talk about. You know, we can get into a few of them real quick. But I mean, Chris Puna Ford, heard of him? Touched on it with Nate Geary. The Bills sign him right after as soon as that window closes for signings to be held against you for compensatory picks, and they bring in a D tackle everyone liked. Right? Here's what I think is interesting about the signing. Now, if you want technical info. Go listen to Cover One. Go listen to Joe Marino. Here's what I want to talk about. Puna Ford is this really effective, highly effective one-tech defensive tackle in the NFL. He is 5'11", 330-something pounds. Yeah, I was here. Tasker, your favorite linebacker, was (laughs) calling him a cinder block. Okay. Today. I, once upon a time, was 5'11", 348 pounds. Yeah, Puna Ford's 311. It's 511, per, per, 
Oh, 311 no, weight okay. per Google. So go Google a picture. For those of you listening, go Google a picture of Puna Ford. Now imagine your boy Drew Gear. You know, obviously, I didn't look quite as dapper as I do right now. You know, imagine what I looked like at 511. Because there's muscle involved in that 311. Imagine what I looked like at 511. 348 pounds with almost the same wingspan. With 40s taped to your hand. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That actually, there is a photo out there that exists. Yes, that's a thing. It's In fact, that might be one of the few triple chin photos that does exist of me. I don't know. I can't get a lot of them on Facebook. No, because it, they didn't exist. I was like Sasquatch. You couldn't get me on film. Because even though I didn't care that I was fat enough to die at any second... I knew it, and I wasn't going to let you catch that up. Like, or, or it's your, or it's your college friends that I'm not friends with on Facebook. So, based on them uploading photos of your fat ass, we can't see them because I'm not friends with them. That's probably so. Puna Ford is just interesting from that perspective to me because I look at that and I go, "How? Like, what if things went a little bit differently for me? Like, what if I was more like with that build?" But I was more disciplined. Mm-hmm. And they were like, hey, Drew, if you really just trained hard. Wasn't that Cortez Kennedy, basically? Yeah. He's kind of... That's a callback. Wow. Look at you, Iman. I'm... Only older people would know that <laughs> reference. <laughs> right now, Terry White's like, what? Who? <laughs> a Cortez. Isn't he the guy who... Wasn't he a conquistador? Terry White would know who that is. Well, he was just a, you always say, like, what was it? Cody Ford was just big to be big. Like, there was nothing to it. And, like, Cortez Kennedy was one of the first huge guys who was an athlete to kind of perform. But he was just big and fat. Yeah. And yeah, he, there's that. And then there was Ted Washington and all those guys. There he is. 6'3", 305. Cortez was, Kennedy. That was before all the GNC protein powders and stuff. I would say, I was going to say before steroids really yeah. got introduced into our food, before yeah. they really ramped that up. That's when fast food was okay to for athletes. <laughs> uh, so, like, but it's good that you, listen, you couldn't get the D-Tech, the one-tech D-man you wanted in the draft. You got him afterwards, and it didn't penalize you. And I'm not going to lie. Looking back at it, is this a hot take? Puna Ford, that addition to this football team, now knowing you have two legitimate high-end one-technique D-Tackles, almost makes them the most impactful things that happened to the Bills in the last week. Like, I get the draft is important, but these are 20-something-year-old kids who you have, you're, you're just projecting. I know that guy's good at football. So I don't have to split hairs about what his value might be or postulate about where they might play him. I know that guy's good, and he's going to do the thing he's good at in my defense. I agree with you. Chris, Puna Ford, Trumps the whole trumps the whole idea of a draft class. True or false? Uh, I'm gonna go false uh, with uh, uh, just because I like the upside of the draft and the fact. I mean, if you want to, you can go listen to me boast about it on our draft recap with Nate Gittery. But I mean, I did get the Cyrus Torrance pick correct, just not the right round. What was the what <laughs> were the odds right. on that? Yeah, what are the odds on that? He wants to know if he can beta bet it. Oh, I have no Chris, idea. That's like a seventy five hundred to one. <laughs> Chris, you need to start running these things by Elon so we can throw he can throw a buck or two on it. I don't. Know. I just know I did better at my mock draft than Mel Kiper. Wait, Jimmy Clausen, if he doesn't turn out to be a star, he was gonna. 
I thought Kuiper was going to quit. Yeah, he was supposed to retire. Yeah. But I'm still waiting for that. See, you know what that tells me? That tells me that uh, former w, former uh, WGR producer and show host Ryan Gates has more scruples than Mel Kuyper. Mm-hmm. He said he would quit if Josh Allen got drafted. He, he abandoned the airwaves. That's what sucks about draft season. There's no accountability for the hot takes. Uh, uh, ah. See, we talk about the season being over. I've got we're going to talk about it, but Chris, the mocking the mocks. Oh, I'm not done. Oh, these bastards don't get off that easily. Because that's and that's I guess the thing, right? Like, the NFL is this machine. They've perfected this thing to where even when it's technically over, it still doesn't end. The Super Bowl's in early February, and everyone goes, all right, the ultimate game. We know who the champion was. Woo, pack it up, everybody, and go home. Except free agency starts like three and a half weeks later. And then the draft is less than five weeks after that. Chris, how many weeks do we have to do draft shows for every year? It's at least three, a month and a half. Three or four. Then the second wave of free agency and the, the Latavius Murray signings and the Puna Fords and like all of these, you know, the Jets getting L Woods and all these teams that are going, hey, there's still a market. Now we just know we didn't get what we wanted in the draft. I guess we'll have to spend a little bit. And also those players go, I like making them. I like making millions. I'll take less millions to still get some millions. <laughs> so That could have been you stuck to the program. <laughs> right? That could have been me <laughs> if I had just tried more to be like Puna Ford. And then you know, the schedule release comes out like a week or two. Like they found the perfect way to stagger all of this. And when you think about what that means, like in a global sense, for the for the year, like take the annual calendar. And what that means in terms of the time that we spend consuming the game of football, whether it's the actual games, whether it's the content, whether it's the draft and all the... Training June camp- is the only month. Chris, yeah. yeah. Look, second week of August, training camps start. Season kicks off in early September. Then you're talking about the playoffs beginning in what? First week of January? Second, second or third week yeah. of January? Somewhere in there. Draft coverage goes straight through you know, there's the free agency and then draft coverage straight through to the end of April. Schedule an OTA conversation, which OTA stuff is probably the most enraging. I think the what's the coolest storyline to ever come out of a Bills OTA? The only one I can think of is the time that we tried to talk Richie Incognito into a pay cut and then he like retired. What about we won the off season? Oh Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, there's the, like, that's the only thing I can really, truly, like, put my finger on is that was a fun, like, that was a really interesting thing. Russ Brandon staring down the barrel of Richie Incognito going, hey, asshole, if you don't release me, I'll just show up. And he goes, oh, shit. Oh, no. (laughs) Was that before or after he was all jazzed up on, all jazzed up on some kind of pre-workout and he was literally throwing weights at people at the gym? Sounds about right. The cops got called. They were like, what are you on? He's like, shroom tech. Shroom tech and this kind of thing. And they're like, oh, so it's not drugs. You're just an asshole all the time. Yeah. I never saw him out and about in St. Louis. He was there a long time, but he wasn't a guy I heard about at the bars. I don't know where he hung out. This is what I love about Iman, having that St. Louis connection. So Richie Incognito playing for that team, for the Rams, like, did people like him when he played there? 
They did until there was one game he threw his helmet up into the stands when he got ejected. Ejected! And then yeah. the next week he was on the Bills roster. Yeah. <laughs> he was on the Bills roster the very next week. I was watching the Rams game when it happened. Oh, okay. So he was drafted by the Rams in 06. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Was he a first rounder? No. I was going to say. No. I, I'll, I'll click the drop down there. Third round. Yeah, I knew it was high because he was like on the news and stuff. Oh, so. Because of his name and all that. And. Apart from the shootings and things like that, that was something for the local news to cover. A guy named Incognito was a was a lighthearted story. See, guys, this is the, Iman truly is. We're going to dig into it here eventually tonight. But Iman is the world's most interesting man. Like the guy from the Dosakis commercial has nothing on Iman, and he's lived a colorful life. That guy drinks. He needs to drink whiskey instead of beer. That's too much beer. It's it's too much beer. Yeah. Dosakis is shit. Dosakis is a terrible beer. It's a it's a beer everyone drinks this week. Oh my god, it's Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, Friday. What a terrible... And we're we're still talking about football. What a terrible half-Hispanic I am. Well, exactly. It's Cinco de Mayo, and we're still here talking about football. The NFL Shield has spread over the annual calendar like a wet blanket. And realistically, what, nine and a half months out of the year? That's what we're left with. Like, sure, there's football stuff to talk about. There are some storylines here and there that might have a little bit of meat to them, but... Realistically, like how much of our year can this thing consume? I was telling Bridget watching the draft. I'm like, back in my day, this would be I'd have to get my Shout magazine to see who we took in the the second day. Like it just wasn't a thing. <laughs> no one cared. No one cared about their fifth round pick. Do you guys? Are you old enough? Or like Chris, have you been paying attention to the NFL draft long enough? I should ask because obviously you're older than me. Um, the draft used to be, I, I can remember going and watching after a, a Saturday shift, working eight to noon at a collection agency, and then going to the bar with a guy named Jim Eddy, who was a 63-year-old man doing collections professionally who had a 12-year-old son with a 29-year-old woman. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, Jim Eddy was a goer. He, he, was, a, he was a big partier. Him and him and Scarface would have gotten along. So me and Jim Eddy sitting at J.P. Fitzgerald's in Hamburg watching the first round of the draft, but it was a Saturday afternoon, and it was the year we drafted um, running back. C.J. Spiller. No, running back with the Skittles. McGate. Oh, um, Marshawn Lynch. Lynch. Marshawn Lynch. That happened on a Saturday afternoon. That's right. And so it wasn't that crazy long ago that the draft wasn't this massive three-day spectacle. I would watch on Saturday because it was done over two days, Saturday, that, Sunday. It was yeah, Saturday, they, did Sunday. First, they did like the first two rounds or three rounds together because we had pause in that one. Too. It was Yeah, it was almost always rounds one through three were Saturday. And then and that's that's also what made the Brady Quinn fiasco so hilarious because he was stuck in there for a while. Right. Well, so so was so was Rogers when he got drafted because it was either Alex Smith or Aaron Rodgers, and then Rogers sat until like twenty three or twenty four when uh, he got taken by Green Bay. But when I growing up in middle school and high school, I can remember spending all Saturday and Sunday watching all of the draft. And yet now we live in a world where it dominant it's not not one but two primetime slots yeah. intentionally designed to sell as much advertising as possible 
And then they kind of ham fist it into your Saturday afternoon to the point where it doesn't actually end until like 7 o'clock at night. Yeah. I, I remember, because I went to Marshall, the Randy Moss watch. That was a Saturday. Everyone was watching that. And the Chad Pennington watch. Yeah. It, it just... They didn't treat they didn't treat the student athletes like a star right out of the gate. So that's no. that's been the thing. Now it's that's the production. But you saw like this was all sponsored by all these brands <clears throat> who now they can give money to the guys. Uh, that's the whole shift. Jesus. Remember the EJ Manuel had a stock or something. Remember that? Oh my god. See, this is what I love. Iman just remembers the craziest shit. Do you remember that, Chris? There was a brief period of time where EJ Manuel and a bunch of other players invested in this thing, and it was supposed to be like a, like, it was the first crypto. It was Bitcoin for NFL it, players. NFTs. Yeah. NFTs. It was the first NFT. It was a football player saying, hey, you can buy stock in me. And I go, well, what the fuck does that mean? They go, I don't know, but sign up for this platform and pay us some money. Yep. What, what do you mean I can buy stock in you? Yeah, because that's when not e- how this works. When EJ won that Carolina game week two or whatever, there was all these dudes on the radio pumping that stock. That's what I remember on ESPN radio. Chris, can you please Google that? Can you give it a Goog and just find out EJ Manuel selling stock in himself? It was maybe an ETF or something? No. Well, the whole idea was that they were like, well, we have a platform that would allow you to bet on players. And I go, okay, but who am I? How does this work? This isn't yeah. a casino. What There's is no the value? Other... What's the value? What is your value? And they go, just trust us. Give us some money. <laughs> like, what the... It's an NFT. That's exactly what, as far as I'm concerned, that's what NFTs are. And I know that there's some dork out there listening to this podcast right now who's going, well, actually, that's not what an NFT is because the NFT involves blockchain technology. Block this. All right. This right here. I... <sighs> hey, I know, I know it doesn't involve, uh, the bills, but this like with the draft being over, it's part of my favorite. What could have been draft scenario from our uh, favorite team, the uh, Oakland Raiders. Oh boy! Look at this. Who do they draft? This is the 2004 draft. What does that say? Who they take? Uh, they took Robert Gallery. And who is next? Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> That's 2004. Okay, let's go to 2000. Oh, hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, 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 no. Before you click off that, I yeah. want to read off all the names behind Robert Gallery. Larry Fitzgerald, Philip Rivers, Sean Taylor, Kellen Winslow, Roy Williams, D'Angelo Hall. One, two, three, four, five. Out of the first six, seven picks in that draft, eight picks, there were seven pro bowlers. And one rapist. And, and only Robert <laughs> Gallery. The cheese stands alone. Okay. Well, like look at number 11, though. Look at number 11. You got Ben Raplisberger. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Dunta Robinson, right, who I remember I thought was going to be good. Let's finish this uh, this project here. Okay, okay. So we just saw Robert Gallery. Then the next pick was Larry Fitzgerald. That's 04. Let's go to 2005. Let me scroll up here. This this it gets better. It gets better. You tell me who Oakland drafted. See Oakland, twenty third overall. Who they take? Fabian Washington. And who is next? Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> All right. So back to back drafts. <laughs> Oakland could have had Larry Fitzgerald and Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Now that's oh four oh five. Now let's go to oh seven. Let's go to two thousand seven. Who could have they had? They t- they took Jawalrus Russell and they could have had Kelvin Johnson. Or so Jones. you could have had on the Oakland Raiders Larry Fitzgerald, Calvin Johnson, and Aaron Rodgers. 
Would they have done well there, though? I don't know. I don't give a fuck. Oh. I think you're too talented <laughs> no. to be that bad. I don't think so. Look at, yeah. That's my favorite draft wow. day stuff. Wow. See, and this is how you know we are the pettiest podcast. We're not even happy for our own team's success. We just enjoy tearing down other franchises oh, yeah. because it's fun. We're like, hey, Raiders fans. Who'd we take in this one in 07? Did we have a pick in 07? Lynch. Lynch, okay. That was what, it goes back to what Drew was talking about, being at J.P. Fitzgerald's. No, and I remember being upset because Adrian Peterson went early that round, and I was like, I knew we were going to draft a running back that year, so I kind of knew we were stuck with Lynch. So I wasn't furious about it, but then you look at the way their careers went, and you go, Adrian Peterson could have broken the drought so fast. Yeah. <laughs> like Adrian Peterson on all those 8-8, eight and 6-10 eight, and ten Bills teams, you could have won three more games with an Adrian Peterson. Well, the benefit to drafting Lynch was that the Buffalo market for Applebee's shot up to number one. It's the ambiance. The ambiance. But that's the only thing fun about draft to me is this, is to look back at it. I have no care in the world about leading up to it. And and I've got to say, I think, like, I'll say this. The players on the Bills roster talked about how at the end of the season, there was just an emotional drain. They just had nothing left. And they came in very flat to a very important football game and put us all in a very bad place as fans in the process. Mm -hmm. And I think that I, as a byproduct of that, carried a lot of that same malaise into this offseason because I can't think of a draft I gave a shit less about. Yep. I just, I can't. And I've always been kind of draft agnostic. Like, I always look at this and go... And But it's just years of me getting excited about something and going, this is going to be the time! This is going to be the one time this thing doesn't suck for me! And it always sucked. It always sucked for me. Always. It was always bad. Uh, Chris, the Doug Whaley draft? Three off-the-bus starters? That was our first year of podcasting. Yeah, how'd that fucking work out? I don't know. We're guys still wave, here. <laughs> got guys waving guns around at water parks. You got... <laughs> this is like, what? What? <laughs> You, you're doing what? Gun in a water park. Awesome. First, what, what's happening? Who, who else? What, what other draft travesties have we endured? Well, there, 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 was the, there was the obvious, the Aaron Mabin one. I had that show up in my timeline on Facebook. I would have drafted Arakpo. Dude, I was doing the Arakpo dance. I was already dancing in the corner of the room. I'm but like, Dick, we're gonna... Dick Duran knew better than us. Dick Duran made that pick. I was throwing a party. <laughs> I went out in my own backyard with a pack of parliament lights and a kitchen chair and a shirt just lifted up in front of me full of beers that I just like armed into my shirt and sat alone in the backyard. And every like 20 minutes, someone would come and just like to check on me and I would just yell at them and throw beer cans until they left. Like, <laughs> and they kept trying to cheer. They're like, well, we took a center, <clears throat> a center named Eric Wood. Uh, we drafted this Levitri guy. It might be all right. And I was like, nothing will ever be okay again. And unlike the Josh Allen pick, I was correct about this one. That guy stunk. In fact, I can remember Eric Wood fighting him at practice like two years later, maybe three. And there you go. The, 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 the words were, why don't you give back some of that fucking money you haven't earned? Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> like, two, look, two picks later, two Brian Arakpo. Yeah. <laughs> no Sean Moreno. All right, yeah. I feel a little bit better about this. Holy shit, Broncos. 
One of the Eric Flowers was a bad one for ah, back in the nineties. Yeah. How about the time that the Detroit Lions drafted back to back to like in a four year window they took three first round tight ends and none of them yeah. panned out. <laughs> Well, that makes me worry. Like, that's why you see people who hand ring about what the Bills just did this year. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, we've seen this go wrong so many times. Yeah. First round tight ends. I'm not going to lie to you. There's not. A, there's a reason a lot of teams don't do it. They don't do well. No. Like, if everybody thought they were, like, even the Ravens. The Ravens drafted Max Crosby. And then a couple years, like, a year later, Drafted Mark Andrews in the second round, and Mark Andrews is still there as a multi-time Pro Bowler. I think he's made an All-Pro, and Max Crosby, I think, has played for multiple multiple teams. Isn't Max Crosby a D end? No, Max Crosby is yes. Who am I thinking of? Max something. I remember he had two X's in his name. Call in if you know. <laughs> yeah, because uh, it was the Raiders that took yes. Clellan Farrell, oh. and then took yeah, Max they Crosby. Took Max, Cro- Max Crosby in like the fourth or fifth round, and if Max Crosby way better, and if Max Crosby didn't pan out, that draft is even more of an eyesore. Like that's a fireable offense. It saved the GM's job that that guy turned into a Pro Bowler. Oh, we also traded up for Jonathan McCargo. That's another. That, that's that's like see, a- guys. This is why draft talk. It's fucking depressing. Can it? we can we move on? Yes, <laughs> I was gonna say like it just it, all it's it does. Kidding. See, this is why it's fun. But it's because we're bad people. There's yeah. something wrong with us. Like, we got we, Iman bringing up McCargo and Eric Flowers. Yeah. We, we enjoy. There is a there Iman, was- Iman. There is a clip of this show. This is probably before you knew that we existed. But I had brought up the name Eric Flowers and. Drew thought it was the tackle for the Giants that I was. I thought he was talking about that flowers. Yeah, yeah. And then when he when I figured out what he was talking about, there was an outburst. <laughs> I was like, "You don't dare bring that up in front of me." It was similar to the Tasker thing. It's like, how did you not know we had this horrible football? The player? Tasker thing might be the funniest, the funniest accidental bit that's ever yeah. come up during the show. If only because Steve Tasker, after a certain amount of time on Twitter, had to acknowledge, like, what's happening here? <laughs> why are people refer? Why are dozens of people tweeting at me today about being a linebacker? Yeah, he, he had no choice but to investigate it. It's like, yeah. ah, shit. Here, then someone <laughs> drops a clip of it. It's like, oh, that's great. Thanks. <laughs> I appre- you guys are great. You're the best fan base ever. What more could a guy ask for? But I think, like, here's the thing, Chris. I think when you live in a place, right, like, depending on where you live, you maybe don't care as much about NFL football, or at least you don't let it consume as much of your life as we let it. But it's because we live in a city where our winters are so damn long and just, like... Well, there's also people that listen to this podcast... During the season specifically, and then tune out, tune out because they every have, other well, but also they, here's the other thing: they go, well, it's the off season. I have shit to do with my life. Unfortunately, it's May and it's still forty degrees here in Buffalo. One more day, one more day. That's what everyone keeps telling me, <laughs> and I don't believe it. That's what Maria told me. Your girlfriend Maria? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, you li- listen. Make a move is easy. <laughs> so this is what I'll say: if I lived. <sighs> I'd really miss the NFL, right, for those two months, month and a half, two months, where it winds down and stops dominating the sports conversation and landscape and all of my free time. If I didn't live in a place where just this year proved it, like the weather itself is actively trying to kill us sometimes. Yeah, it's, it's pretty rough. It's pretty rough. Yeah. 
So when you do get that, like, we live here in Buffalo, New York, and in late May and August, like, that's the good stuff. That's manna from heaven. It might be the thing that keeps me going for another year. Because otherwise, like, if it, like I now understand after this winter, the way the season ended, just maybe having two screaming kids in my house a lot of the time. I understand why there's places in Alaska where, like, the sun doesn't go down or doesn't come up for 24 to, like, 24 hours at a time. Whole days with no sunset. I know why they don't sell booze in those places. <laughs> like, I get it. Because the depression might just eat you alive. Yeah. And we had COVID during July, so that was incredible to yeah. lose, lose a third of the whole good times. It's, it's just like, Jesus Christ, guys, we have this small window. And so the real question is, like, what do we do with that, right? Like, we enjoy the hell out of it. We grab that thing with both hands, that period of the summer. I will say, I don't think about football again. Like, I do. We do this podcast. We have a lot of football-adjacent conversations. But, Chris, how much research do you think I'm doing on football? Like, there's sickos out there who are going to, and more power to them, who are going to sit down and break down the the, the 90-man roster. And they're going to talk about position groups post-draft. And then they're going to talk about, in another week, they're going to regale you with stories about, well, these are our dark horses for training camp. I go, dude, that's in two months. That guy could get hit by a bus tomorrow. (laughs) We all could. We all could. So go the fuck outside and enjoy some of the sun. It's all below the fold Yahoo.com material. That's what it is. (laughs) I below the fold. I fucking love you. (laughs) Cheers, sir. So it's with that in mind, like, that's the thing we all share here is just this passion, right? Like, this passion for just being outside. I mean, I think I said it in our group chat. There's something, you know, Mark Smith bitches about my beans that take eight hours to make. They don't take eight hours, but they do take some time. Human beings have gotten, like, it's it's built into our DNA. Like, the act of standing around a fire while meat roasts and you imbibing some kind of a beverage... It goes back to caveman times. It's calming. It's calming. It's also communal. It's also how, I mean, I mean, who knows? It's how dynasties were formed. It's how houses were joined. It's how, like, that's why meals were always, like, a big thing. The breaking of bread together with the thing, things and people. I feel like we here, specifically in this room, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners, because you guys come to our tailgates, you see what that looks like. We treat this, it's like a religion almost. Yeah. Like, we believe in it. It's, it's going to work. It's going to work, but also but it's not. calming. It's yeah. centering. It It gives us purpose. And so with that in mind, like, guys, this Grills Mafia stuff, it's real. It's real and it's tangible. And we've got a lot of stuff planned this summer for it. Now, here's what I'll ask, first and foremost. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Chris. Present. Got yourself a uh, shiny new uh, shiny new charcoal grill there, huh? I've used it twice That's so it? far. That's it? Twice? Twice. Yeah, twice. twice. Well, how how many days has it been over 60 degrees lately? Exactly. Not a lot. So, I'm just uh I'm just trying to I'm looking here and I'm asking myself like the the reason I'm asking you these questions, right? Like I want to know what you intend to do with that when the sun like when the sun does come out, when you can put shorts and flip-flops on again. And you can get out there, right? I mean, I don't, no man would wear flip-flops unless it's to a beach. Flip-flops are life, sir. No, not right. unless you're going to a beach. Says the man who wears <laughs> Chelsea boots. You don't get to tell me about footwear. I've got several colors. <laughs> yeah, I can see them. They're all right here in this room, which is, I'm not going to lie to you. Sometimes when we get into a fight mid-podcast, it's because I've had nine drinks, and I see those shoes, and I just can't contain it. Well, I've had... Uh, Jessica's son Benny is—he's threatened me a couple times. Like I'll throw all your shoes out. Yes, <laughs> I'm gonna give that kid an extra cookie when I see him. Iman. Oh, he is upstairs. You can go give him one if you want. Iman, how? Like so, Chris has just been kind of around us, mm-hmm. and he caught the itch. Like you saw mm-hmm. it. Chris went from being complete. Like when I first met well, how about Chris, this? Iman, what I Iman, what I ask you at Doug's. Uh, hold on. A lot of things have happened. There's a lot of whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> I I said, what do I smoke next? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. On on because because when I we mentioned brisket, I got to do this for the camera that so people see it. Like this is the thing that Iman has given me. This little window. <laughs> yep. That's where that's your your area for. Hitting a brisket. Yep. It's right there. Yep. Brisket? So I've done like a pork mm. butt, which is like this. A lot of give. And then same thing with like a chicken. It's like, is it a chicken Chicken's a, uh, more open? Chicken's closer to brisket. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I've done two whole chickens in in this. Well, you remember last year Wait, when we had that only, party? You've remember? only done two whole chickens? Remember? Well, remember last year we had we did the uh, the party? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I did three chickens, and I used Iman's yeah. rub and on one. Made him do a taste and then test made him, like he made him guess, think, like, and he got her, her, he got it wrong. Talked ourselves out of the right answer. Yeah. <laughs> so, so this is the thing I look at, though. You take someone like Chris, who, when I met him, was the guy who would show up to a bar wearing a button-down shirt and a tie, but his shirt wasn't tucked in. Like this is the guy, like fake class. Yeah. And then he what am I going to do? And Here. then he started cutting his hair. And then uh, he started get, and then he started cutting his hair and styling. I, haven't, I have not cut my hair in over a year. He started styling his hair. Now, Chris, we're going back to like the the Brittany and Shannon days, the days when you and I've, I met. I've that always, you were still married. I've always styled my hair. It, it did well. I'll tell you this: looks, you did look a shit this. job of it when I first met you. It's you've gotten better. And I don't even like how my cameras my cameras got to be set up the way way it is. But you're clearly getting my bad side. It'd be a lot better if the camera was over here, so you got my good side. Come on, there, there is no good side. 
So this is what I love. You went from a guy who cared about nothing and you were just some bum to now you're here. I mean, Chelsea boots aside, you've slowly but surely just from hanging out, being around the tailgates, hanging out with Iman and I, you've gravitated towards grill life. And now it now it's now it's there. Do you remember the itch? May I ask this? Do you remember how I how I acquired a smoker? Yeah, you started dating a girl, and she just happened (laughs) to have one in her garage that her brother like was like, "Hey, hang on to this for me," and then never came back. Yeah, so it's like (laughs) just never came back. It's a free smoker. (laughs) So he was like, "Yeah, I got this thing in the garage. I might use it for something." That's how better. That's how it starts. But you've started, and you're on the you're, Chris. You're on your way. I'm not gonna lie. Your chicken was good. Yeah, you'll you'll get better. And I like the fact that you've branched out into charcoal grilling. I, I like the fact completely that, different animal. I mean, I've yep. from the two times I've used it, but I'm sure I'll I'll well hey. u- I'll use it more as the as the summer comes along. But I mean, I I asked Jessica maybe yesterday or a couple days ago, like because Cinco de Mayo is on a Friday. Like, do you want me to get a pork butt, smoke it, pork tacos? You know, what do you want to do? I still haven't gotten an answer from her. She wants me to go uh, get a pork butt so I can smoke it all day on Friday. This is what I'll say. Iman, I think the beauty of this is that he's picked up the itch. Right, yep. like like I like to call it pork butt fever. Like you caught it, <laughs> and now you can't. You're done. You're you're gonna be one of us. And slowly but surely, you'll get dragged into. I gotta. I still have to write down the steps for it. Yep, that's where it starts. You start documenting, and then you start taking notes, and soon, soon enough, you become a dork about this too, like Iman yeah. and I are. Yep. So we're here talking about like all this grills mafia stuff, and out of that, like, because there's other people out there, like-minded individuals like us, who do these things, diehard Bills fans, but also like we all take this very small window with no football. And we grab it with both hands and try to grill the shit out of everything we can in that period of time. Now, you, Iman, you're you're an entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah, look at... Yeah. You started a barbecue sauce and rub company. Yep. What was the the idea behind that when you kicked it off? Like, just so they understand the progression of this. It was a way to start taking a passion into a business in a way that was approachable, in a way that you could share with people easily without being a catering company. Yeah. Didn't want to do catering. Wanted to start with, like, how do we create something that's, like, a thoughtful way to approach products in the cooking and barbecue sphere and give it just take it out of, like, Sweet Baby Ray's world and into, like, I taste this sauce or rub and I know that it's crafted by somebody who gives a crap. Yeah, I give a shit about this thing, so it's been kind of painstakingly created, and it's been experimented yeah. with, and it wasn't just, hey, how can we make this thing the cheapest we can? Right. So, yeah, so it, the stuff we make costs a lot more, which is not great for business. Well, exactly. And you've been in this, you know, CPG is the term. Yeah, consumer product good. Yeah, and you've been in this arena now for a little while. Yep. And... You you've had success. I mean, the product people love it. Yeah, when we taste when we do tastings, we sell the hell out of it. Yep, yep. And yet, at the same time, that's not really what your passion is anymore. Is no, it? we wanted to start this thing and and grow and mm-hmm. stand for something in the barbecue world and mm-hmm. in the Buffalo barbecue world. Like, mm-hmm. can we take Buffalo barbecue to another level? 
And really, Chris, does Buffalo have a quote unquote barbecue scene? No. No. I mean, that, no. well, I mean, it's at Iman's house. Well, <laughs> and this is the thing. There's there's Reed Ferguson, long snapper. And I'm going to say this. He, he was going to try to be here tonight. However, he's got other more important things to attend to. Again, I'll raise a glass. Like not be our friends. Good, good luck to <laughs> good, good luck to him and his wife. You know, they get some things going. If you follow him on, like, if you're a friend of his on Facebook or you follow him on Twitter, I'm sure you'll see what's going on soon. Um, but uh, he still thinks that Fat Bob's, he's like, oh, my God, the best barbecue I've ever had in my life is Fat Bob's. And I go, every time I go there, it's painfully mediocre. It's okay. It's all right. It's okay. They make it in mass, and they got, they got, that's what they're doing. That's their business. So it's one of these things. So, Iman, like, when you met me, like, I remember reaching out to you on Twitter, and this is how it started. It was me asking you for help, saying, hey, look, I think I have a concept here, but I'm doing a poor job of it. Can you come here and show me how to grill chicken wings? Yeah. And you said, hey, I'll stop by the tailgate. And you came in, and you, you know, I saw your Instagram stuff. I saw your Twitter stuff. And you and your wife and your friends from out of town showed up. And you were like, well, we're only going to stop by for a few minutes. And you ended up staying for like an hour and a half. Yep. <laughs> And yeah. then the second time you were like, okay, I'm going to come and I'll show you, but also I'm going to bring a backpack full of stuff and my friends and some beer. And then you just didn't leave. Yep. And then a week later you were just tailgating with us. Yep. And that was what, three years ago? Yep. And now like you were nice enough to host my birthday at your home. Mm -hmm. Like our families have gotten closer I feel like, like I feel like I've gotten better at this thing that we're doing, this cooking thing, just from being around you. The same way Chris has now caught the fever and has also gotten better at being around us yeah. and watching this thing happen. Is that kind of what you envisioned out of this foray into Q42? Like, yes. You want to take the spirit of what it is you know and what you have the skill to create, but also bring other people into it because realistically. Throughout human history, this has been a communal thing. Exactly. Yeah, I've always kind of been flying solo on this stuff or working with a mentor on this stuff. So, mm -hmm. like, we, we're going to get into this, but it's like you're the you're one of the first people I've met who is just as big of a nerd about this stuff as I can be. And it, it's like being nerdy and competitive. It, it's that blend of I, I want to do better than everybody else. But I also just love doing this. I just love this. Yeah. And and it's also the act of sharing it. Yep. Like, that's what makes it special is the act of, so like, I can do this thing, but I don't just want to do it quietly by myself. Because otherwise, what yep. What good is it? And if it's not good enough, I'll chuck it into the pricker bush. <laughs> chuck which it I've the, done. Like, like the beans? Yeah. <laughs> Mark, Mark, guys, uh, Mark, our Rock Pile Report attorney, he has a hilarious meme. And it's the day <laughs> cycle of, it's the cycle of the day at a tailgate. And it's just, it's, I don't even know what you call the meme template, but it's basically you go around with arrows and there's different spots and he talks about how it's like arrive at tailgate and it's like 6am, get here, Drew's drunk, get here, 11am, Drew starts cooking his beans, 11, 11.50am, <laughs> Drew throws them into the bushes. <laughs> Drew throws them into the bushes yep. because they're not finished or nobody's eating yeah. them and it doesn't matter, it's time to go. <laughs> I don't think I'm quite that bad, but yes, there, there's just, there's a lot of things we try to accomplish because we're ambitious. Yeah. 
It's because we're ambitious and there's things we want to try and we use the tailgate as kind of an extension of what we know. Yep. And it's a testing ground. Yeah, like one of those is. first night games, I tried to cook a brisket. And I I did pretty good. I just didn't have enough rest time. Mm-hmm. Packer was, game? Um, yeah, that was the one. Yep. yep. I needed one more hour because that brisket was a little stubborn. Because uh, Bill's Hemo Bar gave it to me and it was a giant like 16-pounder. And you knew. Yeah. But because you're nuanced in this, like someone like Chris, he talks about I was air, his air margin for error is that big. Yeah. If you have a bigger brisket, it means the cow is older. Yeah. In so that case, stiff. the meat's tougher, which means it's going to take longer to cook. But now you're risking it not being flexible. Yeah. Wait. There's a lot of problems. It's this kind of stuff. Iman and I developing a friendship over this. We have. He was nice enough to extend the invitation to me. I'm going to be partnering up with you guys yep. as part of Q42 Barbecue. Chris, I didn't even tell you that. No, you know who told me that? Who? Jessica. Jessica. Of course, Jessica. Because your wife and my girlfriend talk, so I get information about you from their conversations. <laughs> so exactly I know about how it. it should happen. Now, now, for people that, yeah, Drew, now part of Q42, people are going to hear this and they're going to God. Drew's a part of Q42. What's his title? Director of Communication. That is your official title with Q42. I was going to ask. I'm like, guys, <laughs> like, like, now here's the thing. Here's what I love about the, be, being asked to join what he and his wife have built and try to help grow it in some different directions. Yeah. Right? Like, because realistically, one of the th- conversations Iman and I had a couple months ago was you can't compete with there, – there's all these sauce being sold for a reason. Yep. Somebody is paying a dollar fifteen for yeah. barbecue sauce, and it, like you, you're not going to put your product yeah. on a shelf next to that and compete. It doesn't survive. There will still be people who care enough to buy your sauces and who care enough to buy your rubs. But realistically, that like, how much are you willing to go to war? Do you want to try to seek out the capitalization, or do you want to continue? Because that's work. It stops being a passion project yeah. and a thing you're doing because you believe in it, and it starts becoming, I don't know. You'd have to give up everything we tried to build it upon. Yes. To make it competitive. The spirit of it is what's important to you. Yep. And when I saw that you had principles about it, I was like, okay. He's 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 actually loves this thing enough that he's willing to suffer for it a little bit. In which case, you know what? I'm in. Yeah. This is a great thing to get, get behind. Because I've never had an outlet for that before until I met you. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that you and I are doing our first steak, steak competition. That's right, this first year. SCA competition in Erie, PA. Chris, you you didn't you you didn't make the party, but I'll tell you what, those steaks, the pictures you saw, how legit did those things look? They look pretty good. Let me tell you why I didn't make that party. Why would I want to work twelve hours on a Saturday and then see you? <laughs> Simple as that. <laughs> So here's what I like is part of this collaboration and this this kind of joining of forces we're doing here. There's going to be a lot more collaboration between Q42, our show, but then also just our own content creation. And I will say the only anxiety I've had about this thing so far is Bridget sent me an email and goes, uh, let me know what you want your title to be and we'll we'll get business cards made. Yeah. Like I said, I go, director, director of communication. <laughs> Drew Gear, but but see now here's the question: How often did we say that with? I mean, this is a little inside baseball, and I'll I'll keep it as as uh, broad as I can. Remember, remember, Reed had an issue with a couch. 
Oh my god. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's where that comes from. Drew being director of communication. If there's an issue, Drew's going to handle it. Now, Iman. Yes. As you uh, venture into uh, partnership with Drew, let me tell you something that Drew's not good at. Constructive criticism. <laughs> no, see, I can take constructive criticism uh, from people I respect. If, <laughs> That's the difference. If I respect you, if, I can take no, constructive criticism. No, if, if people that are watching this on YouTube <laughs> just want to backtrack like two and a half minutes and watch you not talk into the microphone... Because that's where this conversation happens is into the microphone. It's it's this take that and put it into the world of Q42. He I've told Drew for the since 2015 when we started doing this podcast. Just conversation happens in the microphone, and then he's turning his mouth, talking to you like your best friends, not into the microphone. So just be aware of that as you go into this business partnership. I just keep telling him, like Joel Olstein, he needs to just get me a headset, and he refuses. This is his <laughs> fault, really, as a producer. Um, so I guess here's the question, Iman. Is director of communication too on the nose? Oh, we can't do that. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. All right, that's that, that is a dick. That's, that's here we grow again material. Here, here we grow again. As a copywriter, uh, doesn't some of that just grind? You? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just gnaws at your soul yeah. a little bit. So, guys, here's here's the thing. So, we're doing this thing together. We're competing, com- cooking competitively together. We're going to take this brand in a little bit of a different direction, and that's going to involve more of what we've already proven works with Chris, which is bringing people into this thing that we love, teaching. Yep. Showing them, like, hey, look, this is just what goes on. This is what we do, but you can produce a high-end result. I think we've seen it, and again, we're not here. You know, I've talked about a lot of times we don't subtweet. We don't, but out of respect, I'll say this. There are a lot of people who feel like they can show you some things, or they can show you, hey, look what I can do. You know, it, it literally is like the mad TV sketch. Look what I can do. <laughs> and, uh, and they do a kickflip, and then they want to sell you a product. Yep. That's not what the concept here is. And that's no. what I was like. That's why I, I know that you're the right person to do a lot of this stuff that we're going to be lining up with is that like it's more about let me show you how you can do something actually tangible to you. You, you, don't the need guy to spend, you don't need to spend thousands. You're not the guy who's going to go buy Wagyu beef no. on Friday to try to impress your in-laws. No, no. I'm going to teach you how to take literally a chicken. That's it. Just a whole chicken. Save for six, a lot. Save a lot. Save chicken. a lot of chicken. Yeah. And you're going to make something that's high end enough that you can impress your hopefully future in-laws. Yep. Like that's the kind of stuff that I feel like is underserved. Yeah. It, it's the Weber grill or the save a lot grill or big lots grill <laughs> and generic charcoal. And how can you make the most of it? Well, and this is it. And it's that there's not enough of that out there. We, I think, live that, and so mm-hmm. we're the perfect people to help. I kind of like where you're going with that. this. So, like, intermediate people, because you're talking about, oh, you want to impress your in-laws. This can go twofold. Drew and Iman, you can get someone that is trying to cook for their uh, maybe future in-laws or your, uh, there's a thing where you, uh, parents, significant other, parents are meeting each other. Mm-hmm. You guys can handle the cooking part. I can handle the wardrobe part of it. <laughs> Tell everybody what to wear. Uh, I, I literally, as he's saying that, I'm picturing Parks and Rec and and uh, what's his face is easy. 
Aziz. Oh. Aziz, Aziz Ansari. Yeah. 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 Sorry, you're right here. It's, We're not related, though. No, you're not related. Aziz Ansari and his stupid show from his store from Parks and Rec, where he's yeah. like, oh, you just rent a rent, swag. Rent a swag. <laughs> That'll be Chris's next gig. That'll be his side hustle. But no, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think that part of that plays into what we're going to be lining up for the summer, which yep. is now we you you put it together. I just showed up and we helped promote it on this platform. The meetup event yeah. series. Well, we're going to be doing a couple more of those this summer. So the pe- For the people who showed up last year to our Grills Mafia meetup, the idea, you know, if you didn't, you know, obviously those people know that it's a great time. Yeah, parks. We we pick places around Western New York that are easy to get to, and we invite people who consider themselves tailgate enthusiasts, who consider themselves fans of the Bills, and who have, maybe have kids, maybe have some. I want you to come out and experience what this is, because basically what we're going to give you is a dry run of a tailgate. It's yep. just we're going to make some high end food out here on a grill the way we would at a tailgate. And we're going to show you how to do it if you want to show up and take notes, if you want to hang out, you want to make, you want to pick our brains about stuff. But also it's an idea, it's a way for us as fans to get together over the summer and collaborate. Fellow grill masters around tailgating and things like that. And we had a pretty good turnout last year. Yeah, we probably had 60 people come through. 60s. Was that a June? It wasn't June event? Yeah, it was mid-June. Mid-June, the weather wasn't great. You got to give some leeway so you can get uh, Drew Buckets up here. Mm-hmm. from Indiana, who's like a farmer. Well, so, Drew, if you're listening to this right now, we're looking at Gallagher Beach first off-season Sunday. Yep. There's no Bill's watch party. Like These are the kinds of things that we're trying to do because, realistically, there is a faction of this fan base that is underserved in the in the sense that everybody likes to go to a barbecue, and I try to picture our tailgate as... A great backyard party. Yeah. I want to throw a party for a bunch of people. And if someone shows up that I don't know, it doesn't matter. I don't care. I, you don't need to bring anything. We're going to have plenty. We cook to feed an army anyway because it's what we enjoy doing. But I want them to get used to the idea that you can bring your children. You can bring older family members because there's no table jumping. No one's getting lit on fire. There's no, you know borderline 20-something-year-olds with no shirts on. Like, this isn't happening here. And yet you can still have fun. We invite people from that age group, and they have a blast. We're a Vortex tailgate. People just Oh, yeah. People go, oh, I'll stop by for a few minutes. And then they don't leave. And then they come back every week. And that's how this thing has organically grown. And that's kind of been the onus of what this whole thing is. Yeah. You grew Q42 from an idea into a sauce and rub company organically. Mm-hmm. You found marketing partners. You've organically, John Fina, mm-hmm. uh, some of the other guys that you sell to, the fact that like you yourself had to be the boots on the ground. You were your own marketing department. Yep. So you grew it yourself organically. No, no paying to get ahead, not trying any nope. of these cheap... No lead gen marketing. No. No, 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 no TV and, ads. And none of this fake-ass influencer nonsense. No, I don't have that. And that. that's why you and I are friends. Yep. If any, of, I, I've had two influencers, influencers use our stuff. <laughs> they just ordered it. Didn't ask for it. <laughs> I didn't ask for it. And that's, and that's it. So it's one of those things where I know that you, like that's the spirit of something I want to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And that's I, I can't be happier about this. I'm, I'm thankful for you and Bridget for bringing me under the tent on this and also i'm pumped 
guys on Twitter, between Q42, between you know us at the Rockpile Report, there's going to be an entire list of these events that we're yep. going to put out over the course of the summer. Again, we'll obviously do more of this type of stuff. We'll have you in more often. We'll do some podcasts. We're, we might even look into some content creation because that's the idea, right? Yep. Content creation for Q42. Just get it all on Twitter, at DadBodSheft. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Chris. Iman, that's a good one. That's a it's our zinger. new Twitter handle. Da- DadBodSheft. <laughs> I don't... Guys... I, I just, I love this. I love the opportunity, and that's too good of a joke not to end the pod on it. <laughs> Iman, do, why don't you plug all of q 42 stuff, where people can find it, where oh. they can find the rubs and sauces, and just, like I said, just a little bit of what you think about what we have coming up. I think what we have coming up is taking that, what, we, what we've built at the tailgate and taking that into the summer. If you show up to these things, it, the people who show up to these things are always good people. It weeds out people who are just there for something else. Because to hang out in our tailgate, you just have to hang out. That's it. You have to be good at hanging out with other people, which is, there's no religion. There's no politics. There's no, like, it's literally, it's food. It's why I'm not allowed. It's it's party. It's it's old school partying the way it was supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. And we just cook. We have a good time. Uh, we're q42bbq.com or q-42.com. Still have our uh, sauces and rubs out there. I, we found a partner here locally. He warehouses our stuff, ships it. Pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, th- still at Premier Gourmet. I've seen still it. There. I was there today. He just yeah, they ordered another couple cases a few weeks ago. I had to take it up there. So we're and we're in Valance Butcher Shop and a couple other little butcher shops. So I think Drew, you and I are also going to try to work on some. LTOs limited offerings. Oh, for sure. That that was the other thing. The, so there are going to be some things that we work on in terms of seasonal offerings that kind of run along this run along with what we're doing. Yep. But, but there again, it's it's in good taste. <laughs> it's always it's it's not. Hey, I want to start this thing and I'm gonna try to because you almost feel like a huckster. If you yeah, know. we're not going to be selling merch. We're, no. We want to sell. Good experiences. And here's something I use. Here's a thing I use. I'm going to find a way to make it so that I can produce it and I can sell it to you. Like, perfect example. I have a rub that I use for ribs. I bust it out once in a while if I really want to impress somebody. It's a rib rub that has ginger and rosemary in it. And those are two things you don't commonly find. Those are two flavors you don't commonly find mixed in things. There are applications for that. Very specific ones. But you can do it, and it blows the doors off people. Yep. There are things that Iman and I have that we do on our own that, again, if you want to show up and talk to us about it, we're more than happy to walk you through that. But also, we're happy to put that together so that other people can enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, and just cooking methods, cooking strategies. Like, that's it. it it's literally it. just teaching people. Chris, that's how you are now all of a sudden trying to wrangle charcoal. You went from a guy who didn't who didn't use a grill point blank and period, never owned one to now you're going to wrangle charcoal for the first time. Why? Because you've seen it, you've tasted it, you like it, you want more and you want to know how to do it. 
Yeah, that's why I'm not going to come to you for advice. <laughs> no, you'll go to him. <laughs> He's a far more patient individual. Than but I that. also learned from you can't just cook twice in a three, four month period. Exactly. And you got to push. You got to push. And that's where, like, we kind of, that's where I think that this friendship, I think it's where you and I really bonded. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's where this thing really has legs. And I think that that's what people who show up to these things will kind of get from that. And our first state competition is going to be fun because I'm, gonna, oh, I can't wait. I'm doing one. You're doing one since we get to do two, two turn ins. Now, Iman, now, Chris, Iman's a pretty laid back guy. True or false? True. Iman, how angry would you be if I placed higher than you somehow? I wouldn't be angry at all. See? No, no. ego in this. It's all about, because it, it's competition, but it's competition for the sake of. Yeah, we're working together on this stuff. If I was Iman, I would take that second place steak and slap you in the face with it. <laughs> God. But it, that's, we, we're working weekends. I'm teaching you kind of what they're looking for. So yes. yeah, you win, we win. In exactly and that's kind of my idea behind this like these grills mafia meetups like mm -hmm. once you scheduled that first one i was like this is the best because we had what restaurateurs from all over buffalo yeah valentina we Val had buffalo Valen news buffalo news came dan freddy came yep. from the bills mafia house like there was a lot of cooks there we put out a smorgasbord of food nobody went home hungry yep and people were blown away they go is this what a tailgate's like it's a guy yeah Bring your kids, bring your family, you know, like Nick and his kids from New Jersey. Nick, if you're listening to this, I promise you, you and your girls would have a blast. Take some time, come up from Jersey, hang out. It'll be worth your while. I encourage everybody to show up to these things. We'll have more press on it as the summer goes on. Yeah, these things are coming up fast, so we'll we'll have them. Because we only have two and a half months yeah, the spread to really squeeze everything. The spreadsheet is done <laughs> from Bridget, so... But guys, for tonight we gotta get the hell out of here. I'm Drew Gear. That's Iman Azizi. That's Chris Kruger. And this has been your Rock Pile Report. <laughs>